I'm looking for a Jewish guy. I'm seeing the same 15 people that I've been seeing for the past, like, what, five years? Yeah. And it's soul like, destroying oh, sometimes. It and is. You just... And you're just like, what is going on? And then sometimes you'll see them, like, in person at an event. And it's just, like, bizarre. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I is this too. really you? You're listening to Your Jewish Life Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2023. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life your way with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching. We're talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Welcome to today's episode. We're continuing our series where I sit down with members of my Smashing Life community, which is my private community for Jewish women, Jewish girls. We have fun in there. We have support. We have resources. We have everything a modern Jewish girl could want. Check it out if you're not in there already. Smashinglife.club. We've got a beautiful, shiny new app as well, which is just everything you could want in your pocket. Go check it out at Smashing Life. Club. It's the number one Jewish community for women. So I'm sitting down today with Emily Cohen. She is a much loved member of Smashing Life. And we had an honest chat about contemporary Jewish life, everything from dealing with anti-Semitism in the workplace. And I absolutely love Emily's reaction to it. You'll hear about that. We talked about what it feels like to be Jewish and single in 2023 and why Jewish communities become more important to Emily over time and all, and all sorts of things. So have a listen. And as always, I would absolutely love it if you wanted to rate and review the podcast or even better, DM me at Your Jewish Life and say hi or both. So lots of love. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So we're continuing our series where I interview members of my Smashing Life Jewish community for women. And I'm so excited to have you with me here today, Emily. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We're going to be talking about what it feels like to be Jewish in 2023. It is just, we are just into yeah. 2023 when the, the time that this episode comes out will be into the second month, February, almost the third. And yeah, I want to talk about 23. I want to talk about your experiences being Jewish. I've got to start with asking you to talk me through this story that you shared about you started wearing your Star of David necklace in response to an anti-Semitic boss. So take me through that from the beginning. (laughs) Totally. So a few years ago, I was working at a job That was essentially kind of like a dream job. And I was getting along really well with my boss. I'd been there for a few months. I asked her for the high holidays off and she didn't know what they were, which I've never really encountered in any kind of work situation. I've always been around people who at least know about Jewish people and that there's stuff in the fall, but she had no idea. And her response was, well, I don't know what those are. As a side note, I was telling my cousins about this and my one of my cousin's response was, it's on the calendar. These days are on the calendar. And my boss had a calendar at her desk. But I just mentioned, you know, it's the high holidays. We're just observing them. And she still was a little like flummoxed, like didn't quite know what to say. But she just was like, okay. And because the rest of the organization is very open, very diverse, like 
no one else would have had a problem with it. And I thought everything was fine. And then pretty much the next day, her attitude, her demeanor, even the way she included mean things totally changed. And I was really just annoyed by it and trying to figure it out. It kind of dawned on me when she started talking more and more about Christmas, you know, stuff with the church and all that. And I would counter with like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this for Hanukkah or and she just would totally disregard, totally cut me off. I finally figured out I was like, oh, I think it's because I'm Jewish. I don't think she's ever really met another Jewish person or she just doesn't know which is very strange given the industry we're in and the city and all that. And then people at the company. So I just kind of let it go. I'm just going to wear my Jewish star. I haven't, I haven't worn it in a long time. I wasn't wearing it because of anti-Semitic stuff, but then in my head, I'm like, well, this is the time to wear it. It's not going to hurt her. I mean, she says something, she says something. I can go to HR. They're very, you know, they're very open and nice, but it was pretty much like from then on, totally different didn't include me cut me off every time I was speaking so I left shortly after just because the situation was just getting really bad and it, it was clearly like she was trying to push me out I think more so with just job responsibilities not so much because of my religion but it was definitely very clear that she was treating me differently and and, and there were only like when I left, there was only four of us in our department. So it was a really, it was a really small team that everyone, I mean, my other coworker picked up on it and she would try to include me in things and she would get shot down too. So goodness me, did you try and seek out other Jews at the company? So I actually met people who are, you know, either interfaith couples or just whatever. I mean, I was obviously annoyed about it because I really liked the job, but at the end of the day, I'm like, she was the kind of person I think that no matter how much you try to educate someone, they're just not, they're not going to change their mind. So I was just as professional as I could be and, you know, asked my parents for advice, asked my rabbi and everyone was pretty much like, you know, just stay in your corner. And if it gets really bad, tell somebody, but you know, it's not your responsibility to change this person. I just love that, you know, your response to anti-Semitism, which is basically another, the polite word for Jewish hate yeah. is Jewish pride. Yeah. And, you know, I can see your star of David, we're, we're doing this on video, although in, obviously on the podcast, just the audio is stripped. Yeah. And you have the most beautiful star of David and it's not subtle. It's quite big. No, it's the one I, I got it from Modern <laughs> Tribe, which is like my you, shout out to I go Tribe. there all the time. I get my yeah. shellac handles. And it's the necklace that opens up as a butterfly, too, because that's always been like a big kind of symbol in my life. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I got to get this. And I've heard people talk about this necklace that they can actually disguise it as a star game because it can look like a butterfly. So we'll, not that we want to, but we'll we'll link to the the necklace in the show notes. And shout out for Modern Tribe. It's run by one of our Smashing Life members, Amy. And we love it. It It's the place to go for everything Jewish, gifts, jewelry, Shabbat holiday stuff it's wonderful moderntribe.com um so yeah what I mean would you say I mean it must have impacted your sense of identity also so yeah tell me about that like did you it's weird because I've never 
until I will say until recently, I never really like questioned my Jewish identity or Jewish pride. I was raised, you know, very, my family was very like traditional. We weren't observant, but always just like, you're Jewish, that's it. And we know like we're a minority and it's just the way it is. But I've never felt like othered for it. And so that was kind of, it was a weird time. And it was also like, I think experiencing it as an adult is way different than if I had experienced it when I was like a teen or early 20s. In what way? I think I think I probably would have been more bothered by it if mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in my so early you're in your, 30s. You're in your I'm in 30s. my early 30s. I'm 37 and I've just, I've adopted the attitude of like, if it really doesn't affect me, like, I don't care. I'm not going to change this that. person and try to come from a more empathetic standpoint of like, you know, feeling, I mean, people who, who are anti-Semitic like that or have those views, I just feel for them because it's like, you're, you're holding yourself back from getting to know people because of whatever issues you have. So I think if I had been younger, I probably would have maybe left the company sooner or just. Well, I I think so many of these actions that, you know, we experience as Jews in non-Jewish spaces, encourage us are supposed to encourage us to diminish our Jewishness in other spaces so you know maybe in your in your younger years you would have hidden the you would have been intimidated by her behavior and hidden your Jewishness and you know and 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 it's almost um a sort of a shame you know making us feel shameful yeah and and that's why I absolutely love your reaction is the absolute opposite and it shows such maturity and sense of identity and we want everyone listening to you know what would you say to someone who would fear wearing a star of David openly in Uh, a space which isn't Jewish I would say find this is what I did was I tried to find a Jewish star that I felt comfortable wearing like I wanted something pretty that I could wear every day even if it's like a little one that isn't necessarily someone would see it. I think, I think for me, just knowing that I'm wearing it is helpful. And that's how I see it as like, this is kind of like a little like spiritual little token to wear throughout the day. And it's there to kind of help you and like, you know, steady you. Yeah. And how did it make you feel when you, this experience may feel when you entered your next role your next job so my next job is completely different um everyone I work with is very open eventually I told them what happened very small often they 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 figured out other things had to be going on from my job because I left it was a kind of a weird transition but they were very very open about it everyone apologized which was a very apologized on the behalf of your previous yeah. Yeah, everyone was like, I'm really sorry you had to go through this. You know, please let me know if I ever say anything that offends you, which no one has. But that's that's lovely to know that it's out in the open and Yeah. And everyone's reaction was very much the same of I are you did this really happen? Like that's really odd. So, you know, given where we are. So that was a nice thing. And Mm. I mean, like, I'll tell this story very quickly. Sure. My mom experienced anti-semitism like several times throughout her job and um she had she had a person she was working with who asked her once where her horns were which is like <gasps> such a very old Wait, like in the last of, sort of decade is this happening? uh yeah i bet last maybe last 20 years or so like easily wow. and my, so my my family and I are very like witty and i mean we we just are and my mom's response was 
they only come out on special occasions, (laughs) which I mean, I tell people this all the time when some people ask me and everyone laughs and they're like, well, that's a really good response. And I think, you know, depending on who you're talking to, if if you are experiencing anti-Semitism or maybe even the way someone is saying something, obviously responding with humor can kind of change it. And my mom obviously like read the situation and knew it was okay. But it was just like, it was just, I mean, I still think about it. And I'm like, that's just so crazy to have someone like say Jewish. that to you. So what would you say to someone listening who's maybe not Jewish, who mm-hmm. in, in the working, in the workspace, in the office, working environment, what tips would you give them to make sure it's an inclusive workspace for Jews? Or in an say, ideal world, what would you like yeah, to Yeah, in an ideal world, it would be nice to not have to because it comes up almost everywhere I've worked it's like not have to use your PTO for high holidays I mean I know we're not the only one like I worked with Muslim people and I'm like I don't know how they do it like Ramadan and everything else and so I think it's kind of just being more mindful of that I think in general there's more of a shift towards kind of like a general PTO policy you know how everything is going with the world and COVID but I think just little things like that a lot of times I feel like, and this is always, I know we talk about it in Smashing Life all the time and other Jewish podcasts that I listen to is people still don't think of being Jewish as a minority, as a diversity thing. And so I think just like, I mean, because you get into the trouble of like, well, how many religions are even included in your work? And obviously like this shouldn't even matter. But I think just being more, more mindful of that that like oh there are these holidays coming up and there probably is somebody in this office who celebrates it or is maybe in a relationship for someone who does and I think just being loud and respectful and asking like everyone I've ever worked with is has been very open about like wanting to know what the holidays are and like traditions and all this and like I tried my best to explain it so I think just being more open and and not not you know ignoring that people are there yeah and I think touching on what you said it it would be so refreshing if the conversation was started by by the company rather than us going in and asking can we take the time off do you know about this do you know that I can't eat bread in this period or whatever it is yeah and I know from colleagues who work in corporate spaces that you know often the sort of diversity inclusion work just doesn't include Jews and when it's pointed out that oh I didn't think about you know so it's a whole conversation it's the like you say it's discussed we talk about it a lot inside Smashing Life we're having so many of these conversations uh yeah and and hopefully we're the generation that can move the needle and create some change yeah it's just very it's very strange because you would think because everything was so connected today with internet and I mean also there's a lot of misinformation but you would think people would just be a little bit more aware or receptive mm-hmm. and they're not and like I had at another job I had a diversity it's like right when I started so it was very awkward and it was all over zoom but they had this super long diversity training and it was it was okay and we had breakout groups and I said to somebody, I said, mentioned, well, you know, I'm Jewish and I've experienced this. And someone in the group basically told me I don't count that like Jewish, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not, I just started working. I'm probably never going to see you just based on where we work. But I was like, oh, this is still going on. Come on. You guys are all really 
smart people. So have you read the book Jews Don't Count by David? I haven't. Yeah, it's great. We'll also link to in the show notes. It's really bite-sized, really easy to read, really digestible. And it just explains why there is this phenomenon that, um, you know, that we don't count as it were. So highly recommend it also to anyone listening. You know, we've talked about smashing life. How how important is it for you to, to surround yourself with a Jewish community? I think it's way more important than I thought about. I think I've kind of always been in it, but as I've gotten older, trying to find a more supportive kind of like second family in a way has been more important and And it's hard to find it's hard to find and then also like I realized I don't have a lot of Jew like I have amazing friends but I don't have a lot of Jewish friends sure which is just part of being Jewish in America I think same here same in the UK yeah you you have to actively see you know yeah it's it's really hard and it's weird because you know other friends or coworkers just are like they I think they're baffled that it's that hard and like yeah it's you know there's all these little insular communities within the jewish community and you're trying to find the one that fits for you it's just hard to do so sometimes it's too much like you just it is it's a a, lot so many choices yeah you know it's hard it's always it's sometimes hard to get a read on i think that's why i ended up in adulthood starting my own jewish community smashing life because i never felt that i found a community that a Jewish community where I felt truly that I could be myself, that was yeah. truly inclusive, that wasn't judgmental, that wasn't a place where, you know, I was scared of getting it right or wrong. Yeah. Was I Jewish enough or not Jewish enough or too Jewish? And I didn't want to just talk about Jewish, 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 yeah. Jewish things, you know, so I, I, that's why I created Smashing Life. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that that that, that was my yeah. calling in adulthood, you know? Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I love it. I found, I've made some, you know, a lot of like online friends from it and, I'm in the book club, which seems to be like three of us, but it's fine. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, it's such a, even though we're not physically together, it's kind of knowing that like, if I have a question or I'm experiencing something or just sharing, there's a group to go to that, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to have to like respond to stupid comments or have Never. to feel like to defend yourself. No. Um, so Yeah. And what role has Smashing Life played in developing your Jewish identity? I think just being, I mean, in a weird way, just being more aware of it, being more aware of yeah. my Jewish identity, yeah. and then also figuring it out, figuring how it is for me, and that it's not, you know, I was raised kind of, we went to conservative school, I went all the way through Hebrew high school, I was a super into like Torah study, my parents are like, we're always talking philosophy and all that stuff. And we used to have Shabbats and, you know, I, I was in Hebrew school and I was in the pit for the high school orchestra and couldn't go twice a week. So I like did an independent study, which no one asked me to do. Like I, I, you know, I asked the principal of the Hebrew school. And so I've always been very involved in that way. I think I never really developed the more like social identity of it so that's I mean I kind of get that with smashing life and just more in general I think as I meet more people and obviously it's probably just as I'm getting older I'm working on more personal development stuff I'm just like very open about being Jewish I don't think I ever hit it but just being very like not afraid to say things this is who I am you know yeah this is who I want to go all in on me Yeah. yeah Not diminishing any part of yourself. Yeah. And Smashing Life has given me the confidence to just 
feel like I don't have to defend my Jewishness when I'm in a room with Jewish people. Yes, absolutely. And having to do that. So. And it really is sort of the strength of the collective. Yeah. Just want to take a moment to invite you over to my place. That's my Jewish community, Smashing Life, a place for everyone, Jewish or Jewish, to feel welcome. It's a non-judgmental Jewish community that nourishes and empowers you and gives you everything you need to feel Jewish at heart and supercharged in life, hosted by me, Karen Cinnamon. I'm going to hand over to one of our members, Jeanette, uh, so you can hear what she has to say about Smashing Life. I love all the perks of being in Smashing Life, from the masterclasses to the resources to the discounts to the opportunity to crowdsource in the Facebook group. It all provides so many great benefits. We also have forums, recipes, book clubs, craft clubs, modern Jewish life experts, Zoom Kabbalah Shabbats, monthly expert masterclasses, social events, online and real life, discounts, gifts, and I could go on and on. It really is the place for every Jewish woman. It is super inclusive, super warm, um, and I invite you to come and join us and connect with me and hundreds of other like-minded Jewish women from all over the world. You'll find a beautiful community local to you and you'll also create new Jewish friends all over the world to share Jewish culture and joy with and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. So head on over to smashinglife.club and come join us. And on that note, you know, I think before we came on air, we were talking about how temples can do more for yeah. sort of millennials, 30-something, yeah. 20-something singles. You know, it's it's hard sometimes being Jewish and not it being is. in a family unit. Let's talk about yeah. that. So I'm single. I'm looking for sure. Um, do you want to get married, have kids, go to those little baby things at the shul? Like, that's totally what I want to do. And I feel at the synagogue I go to, I, I do feel at home and I feel connected. But like most places, there's just the programming and in the programming and just kind of like acknowledgement gap of like, especially with millennials and younger, that there are people who are either having kids later or they're married and not having kids. And not everyone is, you know, going to college and immediately getting married like three years later and having a bunch of kids. Not at all. So it's very hard for like I'm in a very weird spot where I still I can't find like the community is there, but I guess the like social programming is not there to meet other people. So I was single from my early thirties. Well, I think I had a big relationship last about until the age of 31, I think it was. And then from there on through till about, I think I met my husband one month before I turned 35 or 36. I can't remember. Yeah. But some year, you know, quite a lot of my 30s, yeah. I was single. And, you know, I did see a lot of Jewish single events. And in a way... Yeah. I was lucky because I lived in London, which is a really yeah. cosmopolitan city. So I got all that fabulousness. But because it was such a big city, I also loved leaning into the sort of the Jewish community yeah. events. But I, I never was part of a community, but I'd see events for sort of yeah. singles and 30s and things like that. Do you have that in, in Chicago? There are some stuff. It seems like... And I Listen, know don't get me wrong. It was that... really cringe a lot yeah, of it. It's I'm not like saying a lot it of it fun. is really weird or it's like um 
a lot of the cutoff ages is 36 and I'm yes, 37. I don't know why that and needs I'm to like, change I know this is because we're like multiples of 18 but we don't we don't need to do oh, this that's for just dated now honestly nothing so we do is in multiples of 18 in smashing there, life <laughs> yeah there is like a little local I guess I'll give a shout out I'm sure it's fine called shy sure. tribe and this girl Rebecca has started this basically like company to put together all the Jewish events that are happening in the city aimed at millennials and young or and a little bit older. And they do a lot. They try to do a lot of programming too for singles. Cause I, I've talked to her several times and she's just like, yeah, you're not the only one just trying to do events. People don't are weird about, Oh, anything over 36. So it's, weird. it's like some weird thing in the Jewish community it's you know we're a very old religion and tradition so I can see that like it's a it's a hard concept for people to I think to understand that even though we are a modern society that there are people in their 30s who aren't married yet yeah. who don't have kids it's like a we they haven't like caught up so it's such um, a great such a great conversation to be having because yeah I agree with you and like how horrendous to feel that 36 is fine to be single yeah. and after 37 there's there no seven. and it's actually the irony is harder to meet people when yeah. you get to this and that's so there should be is. more events yeah. yeah it's like there should be more and also like I mean I'm like an economics business person and I'm like if we don't have kids we have usually probably more time and a little bit more discretionary money to yes, spend like yes. I will spend more on an event to go to it absolutely and, you know because I know I mean I spent I worked at the synagogue for about a, a little over a year which was really was really fun and so I understand it. I understand the cost and what it takes to just put on like you know a talk with the rabbi but it's it's like it, it's like I feel like me and other people in my situation are very much like you guys are just kind of forgetting about us yeah like you're really happy that we're here and and there's always seems to be this like oh great people who you know they want to be involved in the synagogue or more involved in the community oh but we don't know how to deal with you because you don't fit into this like so unquote so you know quote unquote where you're supposed to be at this point in your life I remember you've just reminded me um some years ago I was a, a single something or other and had a really good friend there at the time who was older than me, mm-hmm. um, who was 40, unmarried and gorgeous, you know, everything going yeah. for her. And and I was I can't remember the conversation. It was so many years ago. Now, but I remember saying, oh, you could do this or date that. Or that. Mm-hmm. She goes, no, I'm kind of 40, single female. Like, like I'm just not, like, forget, yeah. you know, and it upset me so much. And And I think you're right. We need to highlight this this change in 2023 and beyond that there's no age brackets to the way yeah, you live your life and the, and the the journey you know I didn't get married till I was 37 and that wasn't my life plan like you yeah. I wanted to sort of yeah this was not where yeah, I thought and, I would be at all but so. they say you have to live your life looking forward but you always understand yeah. looking backwards and looking backwards I can see that you know I would I want the the man I married was you know I'm happy to have waited for him and it okay. did happen and it worked out but it's like I could have married and had the worst life ever getting married that, younger. Yeah. And, you know, there's no linear. There's no, it's not like it was in the, in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And it's totally how I feel. And like, you know, my parents, I'm an only child. So it's like, that makes it more magnified. The pressure. Yeah. The pressure. And my parents are very like, you know, we don't want you to be alone, all this stuff, but very much like, you know, do what you want to do. Nice. And, you know, it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, there are, 
I think too, they come from a generation where my parents met in high school and like high, kind of not really high school sweethearts, but like, yeah, they, they, came, the high they school, didn't have those struggles lived everywhere together. Like we're in the same nursery school. Like they're meant to be, <laughs> it, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. My dad didn't take my mom to prom. Like there's just like all these things that yeah. bubble up, but they're very much like, I don't even know what to tell you today because the world is so different. They're like, you know, I've tried all the dating apps and yeah. Tell me but, about the, the Jewish dating app. So like, I've taken a break from it just because like it's a burnout. When you're not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it. Like I'm looking for a Jewish guy. I'm seeing the same 15 people that I've been seeing for the past like what, five years? Yeah. Yeah. I so remember like, that. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's soul like, destroying uh, sometimes. It and is. You just... And you're just like, what is going on? And then sometimes you'll see them like in person at an event and it's just like bizarre. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I is this too. really you? Like, and then you don't, <laughs> you don't, you won't acknowledge that you've seen each other. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you see each other. So at least you're like, well, at least they're a real person. Yeah. <laughs> but the apps, I think just the dating apps in general have gotten they've just gotten so bad I think mm. years ago they were I think the intent the good intent was there but it's just so like you know you can't judge somebody off of a weird little profile and just trying like just trying to get someone to go meet for coffee or a drink is just like pulling teeth did you have any good dates from any of the apps I had a really good date like years ago through OkCupid, which is still really sketchy. Yeah, no, no, I've heard some people meet. But on and like it was a really good date with this guy. Um, we like our paths had crossed a lot, a lot in common, all this stuff. But he was in some weird, like not weird, but he was definitely on a journey, and I think basically was going to become Orthodox, which I am not at all, and like. It really like it made like when we were talking, like it made sense what he was saying and what he was kind of looking for. And I always like think I always think about that date just because like it didn't it last uh, the date seemed to go on forever and we got along really well and it wasn't awkward. Um, and he was like a really nice guy. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of how these dates can be. Yeah. But, it was just like sometimes I wonder I'm like I wonder if he really ever went like he was gonna go like full-on orthodox from like no observance to like you know full force so I actually did a whole I had I did a whole episode about my Jewish dating stories internet dating blind dates meeting Mm -hmm. the one the full works episode 33 my Jewish dating story because I remember at time, honestly, it was soul destroying. And it got to the yeah. point where I totally was called to, I didn't want to go out of my way to meet a non-Jewish partner, but I would have been more than happy yeah. to settle down because I realized that love is a rare thing. And yeah. if I find it, I'm not letting it go. Yeah. And in the end, I met my husband on a blind date we were set up by an old school friend of mine you know those friends that you yeah love but you only see them every few years and you're not in the same circle and we happened to meet for our every few years kind of dinner and then I was in her mind she worked with someone whose brother was newly single and she knew her brother anyway it just all worked out (laughs) this friend wasn't even Jewish yeah. So, um, and I was going through a period where I was like, this isn't never going to happen. Like, yeah, it's just really like, thinking I don't... about having children on my own. And yeah, like... I'm like, what is this? And, you know, like, it's just so, it's so hard because I'm like, yeah, I could have probably found somebody in my early 20s, but 
I'm a better person now and that would not have gone well. So I just, it's just like such a, it's such a bizarre thing because whenever I meet somebody and they're like, oh, are you single? You're Jewish. And they just don't, they're like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. You should be married kids at this time. Yeah, but only older people would, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I know what you mean, though. Some of my married friends who'd been married for years, they would be like, oh, gosh, I can't believe it didn't work out. It's like, don't say that. Like, I can't believe it didn't work out either. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, that's a good episode where I sort of poured my heart out. So we're going to go into a quick fire round to finish the episode. You can answer with one word. You can answer the whole story. It's up to you. What's your favorite Jewish holiday? (laughs) I was prepping for this interview, talking to my dad about it. Part of me kind of wants to say like Yom Kippur or Passover, but I also want to say like Shemini's Eretz because no one knows what it's for. So that's kind yeah. of my favorite one. <laughs> I think this year I was reading, I think like my Jewish learning or whatever, some email. And I think it's like kind of considered now that's when the temple was cleaned out so it's kind of like a spring cleaning day and I'm like this will be my favorite holiday because it's just so random I love that and young people I've never heard anyone say that. why did I you like, even mention I it? like <laughs> I'm a very musical person and I think just like obviously depending on the services you go to but like when I go to the conservative very operatic cantorial services I think it's so pretty and it's very I'll, I've lately gotten these moments when I go to services of feeling, you know, so connected to something that is so old and just being more aware of it. And I, for some, Yom Kippur is, feels like that to me. I'm Rosh Hashanah too. And I'm like, I'll just have these moments that I'm like, man, we are a weird, weird religion. <laughs> if someone were to walk in here now, we got people, you know, Kohanim with their, you know, <laughs> taluses over their heads and you got this person blowing the shofar and, it's just like such a weird thing, but it just feels so, it feels so ancient, but also so like comforting at the same time. Yeah, I love that. I think yeah. you've summed up so well. And yeah, the music. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that answer. You're the first person to ever say Yom Kippur to that answer. And it's a brilliant okay. answer. Buy or bake a challah? I will have to buy because I'm, I'm slowly learning to bake challah and it just doesn't turn out. I don't know, I can't. I'll get it one day. Oh, um, red wine, white wine, or grape juice for Kiddush? I'd say white wine. And Favorite? there's like that weird, the weird yeah, blue bottle that everyone loves. The Manish- like, Manishwet. Yeah, the Manishavits, and there's this like special one. I don't know if it's only in the U.S. Howlins. Is it that one? It has like, I don't know, everyone always has it, and everyone's very excited about it. <laughs> Your favorite Yiddish word? Schlepp. <laughs> I use that almost every day too. Um, favorite Jewish tradition? I will say a more recent one that I've discovered, which cracks me up, and I don't think many people do it, is the was it the Pinyon Hamben, where the firstborn male. So one of my friends just did it of well, like earlier, like in the summer last year for her kid, and um one of my cousins had a boy that just had three boys in our family, but another one like a few years ago and they did it. I I couldn't go to it, but my mom and dad were just like, it was the weirdest thing, but it's the most amazing thing. So I think that's such a, it's such a like, bizarre tradition, but I like it. Mm. I think it's cute. Favorite Jewish food. 
I would have to say probably my mom's kugel. Yeah. What kind of kugel is it? It's a sweet kugel and I can make it now. It's pretty close. It's like kugel. She puts um, sour cream in there. Is it noodle or potato? It's a noodle kugel. We put this. It's a it's a, kind of like a traditional like Ashkenazi sweet noodle kugel, but we put sweeter raisins in it and like corn flakes, frosted flakes on top. Two more questions for you. What small thing is bringing you joy lately, or it could be a big thing? <laughs> okay, this is kind of funny. I with my Hanukkah Amazon gift cards and. Uh, like a bonus from work I bought the Lego Hogwarts Harry Potter set and I'm slowly putting it together and it's it's very fun and relaxing and I'll have at the end I'll have this huge Hogwarts set to put in my house maybe you should start like a a niche group for Jewish Lego nerds (laughs) I've never like I've never done it I just like kept seeing it everywhere and I was like oh this is like the ultimate Harry Potter and I love Harry Potter and I was like all right I'm gonna do this so it's you know what on our you know, we're bringing out the Smashing Life app probably at the time of recording. Yeah. It's, 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 sorry, at the time of release, it will be out already. Um, be sure to email or DM me at your, your Jewish Life to check if you're listening and curious. Um, so we're going to have, you know, all kinds of sub communities cool. inside the app. So we should, yeah, we should, Lego's you know, is a new thing for me. Lego like geeks. It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, if you were to invite any three Jewish celebrities or Jewish people, famous people to eat a Shabbat dinner, which three would you invite and why? So I would definitely... They don't have to be celebrities, by the way. It could be members of your family. Yeah, I would say... So I would invite um, my paternal grandma because she died when I was very young. And I'm, according to my dad, I'm very much her doppelganger and very much like her. And she's, from what I can tell, like the perfect host. And I would invite my other grandma, my maternal grandma, but my grandma, she was also very influential in me as my Jewish identity. Um, but she was kind of the modern Jewish woman before it was a thing where she like worked at the yeshiva during the day and all this stuff. But she like was a big like poker card player and like didn't keep kind of kept her own kosher. So she would probably be too busy to come to the Shabbat. Um, so I'd invite the other grandma. I think I'd invite Maimonides. He seems like he'd be a cool person to talk Very to. Very cool. And then I'm counting as one unit. One Orthodox podcast is one of my favorite podcasts. So I would have to invite the three of them. because. Wow. So wait, you're inviting six people. I can invite six and I'll count an Orthodox <laughs> as one. They're one oh, unit. Oh, wow. That's how I was well, thinking about it. <laughs> well, it's going to be a great Shabbat dinner. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that one. Um, well, look, Emily, it's been so fun today. Um, we could have chatted for hours. So thrilled and proud and happy to have you in our community. And you bring so much joy to us. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, to all our lovely listeners, we will see you on the next episode. See ya. If you want 30 ideas for instant Jewish joy, just go to yourjewishlife.co slash joy. It's my personal list of 30 amazing ideas to feel hashtag Jewish and proud all day, every day. They're really easy ways. It's just a wonderful little checklist. So head to yourjewishlife.co, that's .co slash joy.